we're starting a new series, and the series is called Thinking Thinking, How to Change the Channel in Your Thinking. One of my favorite books in, um, matter of fact, it's, it's probably one of the books that caused me to be a reader. It's called uh, Gifted Hands. It's written by Dr. Ben Carson. He is now our HUD secretary, but he's also a physician. I don't know if you guys knew that, but he's a, he's a neurosurgeon by trade. And one of the things that I love about this book, it inspired me so much, man. When I was teach, when I was a high school teacher, I, I, I gave that book away. I would give that book. I think I gave, I don't know how many of those books. I just started buying them and giving them away because it inspired me so much. And uh, you know, I was I was so I was so taken back by his story. And and so so if you need a good read, that's a good read. If you want a good read for your kids, this is a good read. All right. So, so but I'm gonna touch on it to just let you know. So, so what happened in this book is that this young man's mother used to be a maid in rich people's houses. Okay, let me say successful people because rich might be that might be too scary. Rich. So successful people's houses, right? And uh, she noticed something when she used to go to their home. She noticed that successful people don't look at TV. Do they read? And she was so thrown by. As a matter of fact, she, she went from like three different homes of these very wealthy, wealthy people. And she noticed that the father would be reading the uh, Wall Street Journal, the mom would be reading a book, and the kids would be reading. They didn't have, matter of fact, she said one family didn't have a, didn't even have a television. They, all they did was read. Well, after about several homes and several months, she began to say, you know what? I got two boys at home. I want them to be successful. Because what happened was her husband left her, and he left her uh, with those two boys. And it, to the degree that his, his, his uh, influence on her impacted them so much that it caused her to have what we used to call nervous breakdown. Y'all remember that? Either? If you're you old enough to know what nervous breakdown is, y'all know? Okay, okay. Can a brother get a strong amen? All right, all right, all right. Okay, so so listen. So she was having these nervous breakdowns. We, we call them now. We call them anxiety attacks, right? So if she would go, she'd have to go away for, for months and come back. That's how they used to do it back in the day. Now they just give y'all medication. Anyway, so she would be gone for for months and 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 um and then being they have a serious relatives and and uh but she 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 got in the midst of all that turmoil she got one thing that I must make my boys read and so she started reading she she took them to the library got them a library card and she told them okay if you don't have this much reading done you can't watch television so the boys start reading they start reading more and more. Ben began to notice that he had a thing for science. Now, mind you, he was like most of us, most of these, these like me. I was one of them cats that sat in the back of the room and when it came to school. Back row, having fun, making people laugh. But his problem, he had an anger issue. And so uh, his mama, you know, he started getting in trouble. Matter of fact, he, he even stabbed a boy one time. So he was going down the wrong path. And so when she began to make him read and read and read, and then she began to see a change in her son. And not only that, but her son started to see a change in them. Ben began to get very confident in himself. He noticed that he, he needed glasses. He didn't have glasses. It was hard for him to see. It's part of why he wasn't, he wasn't learning well. He couldn't see the board. But reading, all of that came to his reading. So long story short, you can read it. If you get a chance, you should. But listen to me. He began to notice that he had this gift 
um, that, that uh, you know, this, this unique gift that his hands and his eyes work so well together. To the degree, he said, you know what? I think I can be a, a surgeon. But not just a surgeon, but a neurosurgeon, a brain doctor. How did that happen? How did he go from the thinking, thinking of, well, see, I have to tell you more, uh, of, of I'm not going to be nobody, nobody cares, our, our life is a mess, to believing that one day, you know, I can, maybe I can be not just a surgeon, but I can be a neurosurgeon. My hands are so steady. Ah, man. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but I might might have to. Right? So listen. So he became very, very confident, more and more confident. And, and, but what happened was, is that reading changed the channel of his thinking. Reading began, he began to think higher of himself than he thought before. All because, watch, his parent, his mama made him read. It changed the channel. See, when I was a kid, changing the channel was difficult. It wasn't, you know, when we used to watch TV, we didn't have a remote because it was was too far back. So if you got up, if you need to change the channel, you had to get up. We don't have the three channels, ABC, CBS, NBC. That's all we had. Three, six, and 12. Well, y'all, like y'all know what I'm So we change, we get up, you know, because, you know, the only remote we had was us. My mama and them sit back and say, hey, come change the channel. All right, we way in the back of the house. All right, we go change the channel, click it. And then, you know, the lines be running through, and then you got to fix it. You got to focus the thing so it won't go. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And then, let me, let me go way back. We had, we had the long antennas. You had to go outside, and you had to, is that it? <laughs> Just to get a clear picture, right? So sometimes changing the channel wasn't not, not, it's not easy. And see, in this case, just like in our cases, there will be times in our lives where God's trying to change your channel because he don't like how you're thinking, it's, so, it's not going to be easy. But listen, but listen, to no avail, God says, it's time to change your channel. Because you're thinking, think. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, see, listen, again, I love it. I read this book twice. That's the, isn't that crazy? I just, I love the book, so I read it twice. Because I love that book so much because I, you see, I see what God was doing. And that man, he was, he was a born-again Christian, devout Christian. You see how God changed the channel of his thinking that caused him to be, listen, the first neurosurgeon in history to do, to separate two, two people that was attached in their brain. The first man, how did he go? How did that happen? His mama changed the channel of his thinking. He said today, if it weren't for that, he would, he would be a statistic. He was headed the wrong way. Can we just talk about thinking, thinking for a second? Let's talk. You know how I am. I'm a teacher. I like to take my time. I like to get all the meaning out of it because it'll help your life. All right. So what is thinking, thinking? Here's what it is. It's allowing toxic and negative thoughts to dominate your mind, affecting your emotions and your actions. Come on. Somebody say toxic thinking. Yeah. It, 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 it's when you allow the toxic, toxicity of our days and the negativity of your past to come in and they dominate your thinking to the degree that it affects your emotions and it affects your actions. I love this scripture, Romans 12, 1, 2. Y'all, y'all have heard it because I've preached on it. I'm going to preach on it again. Praise the Lord. And, and listen, here's what it says, and you have it in your notes. And so, dear, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because all of he, give your, sorry, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Now listen, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly 
the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing. And what? And what? So, so think about this for a second. It's about thinking, thinking. It's about this thinking, thinking. So how does God transform us? He transforms us. He uses thoughts to transform us. The power of thought. He says, uh, don't, don't, don't copy this world. Don't let God transform you. How's, it, how's he going to do it? He's going to change the way you think. That's why I love counseling. One of the reasons why, my wife will tell you, I love the counseling. I do. Now, I, don't, I don't like to do it as much because people, you know, people don't do what they tell them to do. They don't, man. They, they, want you to, they want you to counsel you and listen. I'll listen for a while, but you got to do something. Right? Because, and I'm telling you now, if you go into counseling, and you talk to any counselor, what they're going to tell you, they're going to they talk to you about your thoughts. They're going to talk to you about your thoughts. They're going to talk to you about your thought process. It's all in the scripture. It's how God transforms us. He changes how you think. He elevates your thinking. He brings your thinking up to where he is. Right? Because, because we know this. The thoughts can be destructive. I told, I told our, our leadership group this morning, I have a young friend, she, she's a generation behind me, but she was a teenager when we were at church in, in San Antonio. And um, this past week, her oldest son committed suicide. And so, see, I, I felt for her, and I do, and I hurt for her, and I hurt, but I still say, come on, y'all, where are the thoughts coming from? We got to deal with it. Where are these thoughts coming from? We have to talk about it in church. Where are the thoughts coming from that leads young people on a level that we've never seen before? Two of them said. All the way down to junior high school. Where are y'all? Twelve-year-old killing themselves. Oh, wait, come on. Where are these thoughts coming from? We have to address it. Well, praise the Lord. No, but let me, let me just tell you something. What we see in this scripture real quick we see something very rare that, that, we, that God doesn't always show us. Sometimes when God does stuff for us, we don't know what he's going to do, but we don't know how he's going to do it. This is one of the first times in the scripture he tells you how. I'm going to transform you. How are you going to do it? I'm going to change how you think. We always get what? We very seldom get how. But he's telling us now, I'm going to transform how you think. I'm going to transform how you think. Your thinking is not high enough. It changed my I'm trying to tell you, the thing that changed my mind, that changed my life was this. This is what convinced me to be a born-again, sold-out Christian. Because when God began to tell me, son, you're not thinking high enough. Let's go. Let's talk about it. So where does our thoughts come from? Now, we went over this, and we're going we're to touch on it real fast, and we're going to get off, okay? Because we ain't got nothing but time. Amen? Amen. All right. We're gonna so where does thoughts come from? Let me, I gave you the answer. I don't know if it's in your notes. But here's the answer. Thoughts proceed from your mind. That's where thoughts come from. Somebody say my mind. Okay, now we got this long scripture. I'm gonna have to tell y'all about it. Then we're gonna we're gonna find our way in there somewhere. It was, it was two people in the Bible. One name was Lazarus. He was a beggar. He lay, he lay beside the gate begging. Then there was this king. Okay, he was a king. Praise the Lord. Right? They died. Both of them died. One went to heaven. One went. One didn't go to heaven. He went to hell. He didn't go to hell. <laughs> so listen to me. So when you die. Your brain 
also died. Your brain don't go to heaven. No, the Bible says your body returned back to what? The dirt. Right? So let's, let's just look at this conversation. So verse 24, uh, verse 23. Okay, we're going to verse 23. Never mind. Finally, the poor man died and was carried to the, carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried. And he went to the place of the dead, of hell. There in, there in torment, he saw Abraham in a far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father, Abraham, have pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime, you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. Let's just stop for a second. If that was his brain causing him to remember, no, his brain was dead. That was his mind. So your mind is spiritual. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it's spiritual. Your mind never goes. Your mind, this man is in hell. He was, he's remembering what happened on earth. So our mind is where the thoughts come from. Your mind. You know, I, I, said, I, I said it this morning. Uh, my mind sometimes, it never stops. Okay, we got to keep going. All right, so his mind, remember, he remembered Lazarus. He, he, he acknowledged, listen, and he, he knew Abraham. How did all that happen? Your mind. Not your brain. Your brain. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right, all right. So, so then, he, then he says, verse 27 says, Then the rich man said, Hey, fa- please, Father, at least send someone to my, to my father's house, for I have five brothers, and I want to, to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. Well, Abraham said, Moses, the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can, can read. Uh-oh, uh-oh, what? Your brothers can read what they wrote. Ooh, Okay, ooh, ooh, ooh. I got excited. What? You mean to tell me God's going to say? Why didn't you read what was written? Yes, he is. Why do you think we're doing this Bible app? So God won't say to you, why didn't you read? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So then the rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, but if you, but if you would send someone, send, send them, send to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded, even if, some, if someone rises from the dead. Did y'all hear that? You hear that? He said, hey, listen. No, nah, no. Nah. If they won't even believe what's written, they're not going to believe in somebody who walk, who's dead, walk through the door. The power of your mind. So your thoughts come from your mind. Right? So, y'all, y'all got number one? Our brain is physical. Your mind is spiritual. Lazarus remembered. I mean, uh, the, the king remembered. He remembered Lazarus. He, he remembered Abraham. Because your mind is what? Spiritual. It's not physical. All right, come on. Next, the mind is our intellect that is just like God. That's why, now, now listen, that's why your mind is always running. Like mine. Sometimes I tell, I tell the congregation, sometimes I think I get two hours of sleep. Because my mind is always running. It's always going, 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 going. I have to con- I do have to do. My wife said, I have to go exercise to make myself go to sleep. Because my mind is running. I do. No, I have to go run. And I, I, I try to walk three miles. But I, walking don't make me sleep. Running makes me sleep. So I have to go run to make my mind run. Your mind is always. Your mind is spiritual. Your thoughts. Spiritual. This is, let me say this. Uh, uh, we think this. This is what a neuroscience. Dr. Caroline Lee, she says this. I got an example here. That we we think 50,000 to 180,000 thoughts every day. 
Every day you think those many thoughts. That's not natural. That's your, your brain can't do that. It's the mind. That's like God. In my little, in my little uh, oatmeal, y'all know I like oatmeal. In here, I, I don't know how many flakes are in here, but if we could possibly count these flakes, I don't think it'll be 180,000. I mean, if one little flake is a thought that we have, according to what she, neuroscience and science says, that we have 180,000 thoughts every day. And some scientists believe more. Because our minds are all the question becomes, where do they come from? Because listen, if we're going to, if we're going to have some, some uh, positive and produ- productive thoughts, we have to have our thoughts connected to the positive and productive thought maker. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not going to produce positive thoughts. So what we have to do, now listen, this is what we have to do. I'm going to give my other example in a minute. We have to we have to understand and ask ourselves the question. When a thought comes in your mind, you have to ask yourself the question, where did that thought come from? And listen, and what is it trying to attach itself to? Y'all, y'all ain't get it. So, so I got here some power cords. If you're watching by whatever you watch by on TV or video, you know I'm just kind of, this is what I do, praise the Lord. So let me just go wrap this around. So this is how we're going to preach our service today. We're going to preach just like this. Amen, amen. Let me see. Let me get it together here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Masters of everything. Y'all all right? Okay, good. All right, so listen. So here's just how your thought life works. When thoughts come to you, they originate somewhere. And their goal is they want to attach to something in your life. Positive thoughts want to attach to positive. Negative thoughts want to attach to something negative. This is our life. So every time a negative thought comes to your life, it's, the, it's, it's trying to attach itself to something. You have to ask yourself, where did it come from? And what is it trying to attach itself to? Most of the time, it's your feelings. Because if it can get to your feelings, it can control you. If it can get to your feelings, it can control your thoughts. That's why too many people are depressed. Too many people, man, listen, Dealing with anxiety. Why? Because thoughts have come. We don't know how to deal with them. And we allow them to attach anything they want to in our lives. There they come. There comes depression. You wake up, depression. And it wants to attach to your feelings. Because it wants to get to your feelings. And it knows you have a fight. You will have to need somebody to help you win. So think about it. Just, just, just this morning, I, got, I woke up. And this is how Satan works. This is how he works. I woke up this morning. And these thoughts start hitting me, just negative thoughts. And see, the Spirit of God has taught me over the last week or so, maybe more, uh, where did that thought come from? And what is it trying to attach itself to? It was trying to get to my faith. <laughs> oh, come on, man. It was trying to get to my faith to drain me of, from believing God. Give you guys that. My God, my God, daughter, in San Antonio. Named Brittany, I just love her. Brittany started teaching high school right out of college. She was driving her daddy's car. He had an Acura, and then he had a really nice car. She felt nice. She she had no car because she was graduating from college. She got her daddy started working. I, I used to teach. She taught in the same school. And one day she needed a job. Problem was, she asked the wrong person. 
Because if you jump in a car, what they teach you is positive goes to positive or red to red. Black go to negative or black. If you have a system, you have a problem. So about an hour and a half later, after the, after the fire department had come put the fire out, she blew up the car, burnt her daddy's car up. And here's the crazy part. He was a science teacher. No, and he, he didn't know positive. He didn't know. So, 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 so no, no, let, me just, let me just make that spiritual for you. We're Christians come to church every Sunday, but we don't know to deal with how to deal with our thoughts. We we doing this, we doing this. Uh, we, we just like he did, we doing this. So that's why we go home depressed. Full of anxiety. Why? Because we allow the thoughts that come to our mind. We don't check them. So where does this thought come from? And what is it trying to attach to? Y'all ready? So let's let's talk about it. we got a couple minutes, more more minutes, so we'll be we'll be out of here. So let's just talk about it. What is a think you got to know about thinking, thinking where it comes from so that you know how to deal with it. Right? Because what you want to do with those stupid thoughts and those crazy low-level thoughts is you want to connect them to the Word of God. <laughs> the moment you connect them to the Word of God, guess what? You bankrupt them and they can no longer affect your life. You can't. You got to connect them to the Word of God. So what we try to do, we try to call our friends and get, you know, you get a little pep talk. You know, I'm just feeling depressed right now. I'm just feeling a little down. They go, girl, it's going to be good, girl. You got to believe in yourself. You got None of that stuff works. It might work for a day, but it's coming back. Why? Listen, because thoughts are spiritual. Y'all get anything out of this? All right, so listen. So what are, what are some of the characteristics of thinking? We have to know this so we know how to deal with it. All right? Y'all still here? I, this is what I love. When I, when I started teaching in America, well, in, in, the, in, the, in the public school system, I wasn't outside of America. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm trying to tell you, it looked foreign. It looked foreign. The first couple, first couple days, I came home and told my wife, uh, we're going to hell in the handbasket. This country, is, oh, it's over. That generation coming after us, duh, don't know nothing about no God. It was, listen, I saw some stuff. Anyway, I ain't got time. I ain't got time to think about it. But, but one of the things that, that I was taught about public education is that the, the, the purpose of it is to help people see Christ. It's to impact the minds of young people so they think higher. Right? But what I think they've done is that they, they've taught people what to think. Not how to think. I remember we, when we took our kids to, uh, they went to private school for most of their lives. These Savannah did. These they did. Anyway. But... But Shelby and Savannah did, and and uh, one of the things I love about the private school was the first thing he said to us: "We will not teach your kids what to think; we will teach them how to." And see, public school now we've got to that point where we teach you what to think. See, in church, we do the same thing. Not this church, but in church, we tell you what to think. No, no, no! I'm trying to teach you how to think. Read your scriptures. Spirit of God's going to help you. He'll help you. He'll help you. He'll teach you how to think. Because he'll tell you how to deal with them, them thoughts, them, them random thoughts that come to your mind and make you depressed. That make you have an excuse for every little thing. Oh, well. Yeah. Somebody say, I got to clean this up. Come on, man. Somebody gotta, we got to clean up this thinking, thinking. We got to clean. Because some of you, man, you're, you're living way below 
where you're supposed to be living. Your vision is way lower than where God wants it to be. Come on, man. We, 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 we're living way below where we're supposed to. No, your thinking is too low. God wants to raise it. He has to change the channel. He has to, but, but he has to teach you how to deal with the random thoughts that come in your mind and dominate your thinking. And all of them thoughts that go through your mind every day, all them thoughts that go through your mind, all he wants to do is tell you how to deal with it. It's real simple. How to deal with it. All right, so first of all, in order to know how to deal with something, you've got to be able to identify it. So now listen, if you come today and don't come next week, you're going to miss it. I'm just going to tell you how to identify today, and then we're going to start addressing what to do with it. Okay, so how we do it? Here's the, here's the first one. What are some characteristics of thinking, thinking? Number one, it's thoughts that, that lead to action that are contrary to the word of God. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Now, this is this. I'm going to read the scripture. Now, this is from the Amplified Version. It's Romans 12. It says, do not be conformed to this world any longer with its, uh, its superficial values and customs. Uh-oh. But be transformed and progressively changed. As you mature spiritually, y'all hear that? By, re- by the renewing of your mind. Focus on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and his purpose for you. So again, we're looking at Paul's, how Paul is addressing this Roman church, this Gentile church. He's saying, hey, listen, I'm going to help you understand how God wants to make you and the path that God wants you on. But you have to identify the things that's contrary to that. And those are those are rebellious thoughts. Oh, well, praise the Lord. No, listen, this worldview we have now, it rejects God. I feel like we, I, you know, I feel like, I feel like we back to the 70s. See, some of y'all would mean, y'all even know what the 70s is. But that's when the Afros and the Daishikis and all. So that was, that was, that was the sex movement, the free sex movement. Oh, y'all got real quiet there. Oh, can we skip over that, please? No, we're going to stand right here. Because 1970s, when everybody started, you know, that's when all of the diseases went from, you know, this to way through the roof. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, all those was born in the 70s. Exploded in the, why? Because everybody was doing what they wanted to do. Let me tell you something about, let me tell you something about rebellious thoughts. They demand their own way. They show up in their mind and say, you, 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 you have to do this. You must do this. Oh, yeah. That's why Paul said, listen, don't be conformed to this world. Why? Because this world says, hey, we're going to do it our way. Hey, 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 you get counsel. And counsel say, don't do it like that, baby. You go, no, I'm going to do it my way. Where did that thought come from? Where did it come from? And what is it trying to attach itself to? Come on, somebody say rebellious thoughts. Because, see, listen, again, man, we have this, and this is why the church has to really pray. Because so many people have given access to the enemy, and when he comes, he so easily convinced people to do the most outlandish thing that ever we've ever seen on the planet. Who walks into a school with a gun and shoots up babies? Y'all remember that masterpiece or whatever that Connecticut list? And, and we've seen several since then. Where do those rebellious thoughts come from? Where do they come from? The church is teaching us. Where do they come from? He said, this world. This world is contrary to God. And every time you, hit, you get a thought that's contrary to God, you have to know, you have to ask yourself, where did that thought come from? Where did it come from? What's it trying to get me to do? 
See, this is what this is where my struggle when I first gave my life to Christ. This is where my struggle because I struggle with sex sin. Girl, okay. So, 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 but listen. But when these thoughts start coming, like, hey man, you can't help it. Hey man, you know you want her. Oh, I swear to God, I've been going to teach you. No, man. Those thoughts don't come from God. They do not come from God. Because God will not tell you to have sexual relations with a person before you commit to them forever. The rebellious thought. No, man. Listen. Thoughts that come from God, they don't tell you to beat your spouse. To cuss at your spouse. To go off and be out of control. He didn't tell you that. So those rebellious thoughts come from Satan, the, the, the God of this world, which I'm going to show you next, the God of this world, those thoughts originate from him. He just, that's what I love about the scripture in Galatians, it talks about uh, we have to put on the whole armor of God. I think it's Galatians, right? Yeah. And, and, and he said, he said, put up the shield of faith so that you might block the darts. One verse he said, the darts that come from Satan. Where are those darts going? Your mind. Because they want you to rebel against God. Heard people say, well, I don't go to no church, man, because I don't believe in no preachers, I don't believe in none of that. What's that do with God? No, man, that's a rebellious spirit. Well, no. Because listen, because what happens is rebellious thoughts are selfish thoughts. They think about them, they think about yourself first, before others and before God. All right, praise the Lord, Pastor. No, I'm, I'm telling you too. They're selfish thoughts, right? They're, they're thoughts that say, I'd rather fight than talk. No, that's rebellious. You have to choose. choose. Listen, rebellious thoughts, rather, they rather fight than talk. That's why we have wars. James asked the question in the book of James. He said, where is this where is this war coming from that was inside of you? Because we'd rather fight than discuss. Fight than talk. No, no, listen, we got to find the origin of that. Where's it coming from inside of you? You have to know where it's coming from. It's rebellious. Where, and what's it going to do? It wants to destroy you. What it wants. All right. Either y'all really listening, or I don't lost half y'all. Your neighbor's feet push him somewhere else. All right, come on. Again, we got to identify this because next week we're going to build and know how to, to deal with it. But we have to, we have to identify it. All right, next, listen, listen. Now, our characteristics of stinking thinking. Somebody say, say stinking thinking. The, the, the second one is, is, it's the rest of the world thoughts. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Let me read it to you. It's Ephesians 2nd chapter. Let me read this. It says, once you were dead of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Oh, y'all got that? Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Y'all see that? He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else is. So Paul here is right to the Ephesian church. And he said, hey, listen, you shouldn't be like the rest of the world. Oh, here we go. Here we go. See, I might, I might not be popular after this. 
But Christians, Christians shouldn't look like the rest of the world. We shouldn't look like them. We shouldn't sound like them. And God knows we shouldn't act like them. Anytime we're trying to copy the world, a fault has come. We are allowed it to attach itself in our minds. I ask people all the time, why do you dress like that? I remember one time I got to tell you the story. Can I tell you the story? Yeah. I took some folks, some young folks on a, we had, we had, uh, we went to uh, a, uh, what was it called? We, it was, it was a, uh, an organization that we went to and we went to a competition in Athens. And I took some folks and we had a ball. You know, they had a ball where everybody dressed up and all this type of stuff, right? And so the, the young ladies went and they got dressed in and all this kind of stuff. So the night of the ball, now we in this hotel where, you know, it was like a, one of them seven days suburban where people, you know, they have to be in town, they're working in the construction, do all that, right? But we couldn't find no more room in the end. So, so we in this room, we in this hotel, and you know, I got my room with the fellas and the girls are next door to us, and we go out to the ball, and these girls come out, and they got on these dresses. I don't know what that was. They plumb in it. They couldn't even sit in the car without stuff going all the way up. And I said, Listen, they could even get out of there. Like the hallway. Them old men, them old construction workers, I had to literally, I had to literally tell them, hey man, they're girls. These are babies. Stop. Them dudes was like, yo, hey, where the party? Oh, we going. Come on, man. Listen, it's because we try to copy the world. And everything we do, we miss out on God. I'm convinced. We've missed out on God. Because these thoughts tell us that we have to do like them, sound like them, sing like them, make music like them, and do everything like the world. We miss God's creative power. Because these thoughts come and convince us that that's good. And Paul is saying, don't do that. Don't conform yourself to this world. Why? Because Paul knows once the world starts talking to you, here's what's going to happen. And you're going to have a fire in your life. You're going to have a fire in your life because you believe like they believe. You got to talk like them. You got to sound like them. We got to dress. We got to act like them. We got to do everything like them. No, no, no. What's wrong? The scripture said we're not like them. They, they should, what really should be happening, they should want to be like us. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, listen, I'm talking about people who are relationship with God, man, through the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't, the rest of the world thought, you know what? I call it this. I call it, it's, it's an unrepentant heart. That's what it is. It's, you know what repentance means? Repentance, repentance, it means to change your mind. It means to just change your mind and the things you were thinking. Just change your mind. I love it because John the Baptist, his whole assignment was one thing. Get people to change your mind. Get people to change your mind. Jesus is coming. All he has to do is do what? Get people to change your mind. That's it. Repent. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Why? Why, y'all? Why? Because he didn't want fire in your life. He didn't want fire in your life. So all along, the church, the church, we should be still still talking about repentance. Why? To prevent fire in your life. Oh, Lord. Well, we have to understand now, again, you got to identify these thoughts. Where are they coming from? These world thoughts that say, be like the world. Act like them. I've had kids. I've had kids. Who came to my class when I was teaching that just were acting up? Ooh, 
mean, one, I was telling my wife the other day, it's one these two young ladies who come, and I, and for one semester, man, for the first five weeks, I fought with them almost every day. I had to call a parent teacher, parent teacher meeting. We went to the we went to the parent teacher meeting, and guess what happened in the parent teacher meeting? Mom and dad started fighting up in the office, fussing, going back and forth. Yeah, you don't have it. Yeah, and me and the principal, we sit there like this. Oh my God, that's where the fire comes from. That's where the kids act like fool. Why? Because the mom and dad act like fool. Right? So again, but anytime, I tell, I, I tell my kids all the time, hey, uh-uh, what is all this? I want you to conform to the world. Don't act like them. They should be acting like you. All right. Can I get my last thought and we'll be done? I'm going to get saved today. Somebody's going to get saved. All right, here we go. Listen. Again, we, we're identified thinking, thinking. Right? Y'all, y'all still here? We identify thing, thing. We said, beware of those rebellious thoughts. Remember that? It was just five minutes ago now. You remember? Remember those five minutes? Because they tried to get you to reject God. All right? Then we talked about get rid of those rest of the world. Stop trying to act like what the world acts. So stop trying to convince you how to act, be like them. Talk like them. Sound like them. Dap like them. Oh, man, I'm me. Be like me. All right, here we go. All right, last one is, listen. It's the refusal to love thoughts. It's thoughts that will come to convince you not to love. So this is Satan's, this is Satan's go-to card. This is his go-to card. If he can convince you not to love, to know the love of God and how God loves you, you don't. Because that's a trump card. That's the foundation of how we believe. That it doesn't matter what happened, God loves you. <laughs> listen, listen. When them old crazy thoughts come to my mind and all this stuff, oh my God, all the stuff that comes to my mind, I've learned now. Where the thought came from? I asked, where that thought came from? What's it trying to get to? Give me a thought. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take you and I'm going to attach you to the word of God. Cool. You know what the word I'm going to attach you? The word that says, He loves me, there's nothing I can do. Uh-uh. It bankrupts them. It stops them in their tracks. Oh my God. But if he can ever get you to believe or to refuse the thoughts of love, first to question God's love for your life, and then to get you to do the same. It's the question the love you're supposed to give up. Exactly. So anytime you have to love, and we know, as I said before, to change the channel, it's not going to be easy. He has to teach you how to, to love. <sighs> I, I'll say amen myself. He has to teach you. Because listen, because look, let me read the scripture. It's 2 Timothy 2. Listen to this. It says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardness or fear. But listen, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. That's abilities that result in calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So, now listen. These, when your thoughts you get from God, that's what they produce. They produce results that cause you to be calm. Cause you to be well-balanced in your thinking. Oh, my God. Cause you to have some self-control. You don't thought about thinking about killing yourself. No, no, no. Anytime a suicide thought comes to you, you ask yourself, where it come from? And then you take it and you attach it to the, to the love of God. Oh, let me attach you right here. Come here. Wank. 
Why? Because, listen, because God's love will bankrupt. It stops it in its tracks. It can't attach itself to you. Because God's love will bankrupt that thing. Oh, my God. I feel like preaching, but I'm out of time. I just got started, man. I'm already ran out of time. Right? Because you have to understand how the enemy works. He overloads us. All these, all these thoughts we have, he overloads us with thoughts of destruction, thoughts of lust. All those thoughts, and then he makes you, all those thoughts again, they want you to do something. They want you to think a certain way. They want you to think a certain way all the time. That's why people are continually depressed. Why? Because you got a, you got a pattern of bad thinking. But you got to break the pattern, take the thoughts, attach them to the word, and watch God uh, slowly but surely begin to change your life. Oh my God, I ain't got time to think of this, to talk about this. But listen, you share this story. We're going we're gonna to get very close. Oh man, I, I got more I got to talk about, but I'm out of time, man. But listen, 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 let me tell you this story. Because we have to understand something the power of God's love. The power of His love changes everything. So when random thoughts come, the thing you, hey, let me, let me, give me a thought, let me, let me, let me attach you to what the Bible says, how much He loves me. And how much, listen, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Crazy thought. Well, you know, God, they forgot about you. You know, that'll never happen. You know your marriage is over. Come here, thought. Come here. Where you came, I know where you came from. You didn't come from God. Come here. Let me attach you to the word. So all I do is I take my Bible, I open my Bible, I find the scripture that, I'm, that I believe about that, and I say, come here, thought. Tear. Take that. And I start repeating the scripture. Hey, don't miss next week. If you got, if you get today, you if you don't miss, if you miss next week, you are gonna miss the rest of it. Cause I'm just really, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, all I'm doing is defining it, just so that you can identify it when they come. Cause all next week you're gonna, you're gonna have thoughts. You tell this story, y'all. Some of y'all have heard me say it. When I first started teaching high school, I had this young man in my class. And I ain't got time to tell it all, but tell on it. And the boy was a big dude, man. He was big, and you know. One day we were we had a we had you know went to a school that one a lady was killed in 9/11 and the school was named after her so we had ceremonies in 9/11 for her and in remembrance of her and we you know the the, 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 the television stations would show up everybody be at Wagner High School they they have videos and, and so we everybody had all the kids had to go to the flag the flagpole and stand around in a big old circle and they would do a prayer and a memorial for, for her and again TV cameras would be there and I got this big old six foot Three big dudes that probably would, if he really wanted to fight me, you understand? I would have to need some help, you understand what I mean? He walking through the hallway with a hat on, saying, Where hats? He's like, Hey, take the hat off, my man. Hey, why you sweating me? That's what he said. And see, I, I ain't know nothing about that. Because you don't talk about the grown folk where I came from, you understand? Why you sweat me, fool? That's what he said. And I'm like, Ooh, 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 I need to hit, hit him. Me, get me something. I need something to hit this boy because if he run this way, all I saw was a trash can. I thought I can hit him with that trash can, but I'm gonna have to. It ain't hard enough. I'm gonna have to run after that. You understand? Know he's a big boy. So he walking through the hallway, man, and and and, and couldn't get him to do nothing. So I'm walking in the principal with the field says me, Mr. Patrick, what's going on? I say I can't get this boy to take this thing off his head. He said, Young man, take that hat off your head. He said, I ain't taking nothing off my head. Mr. Fields called for security. We had, you know, we had police. I ain't know we had police. I ain't know they had police in the schools. I, I just was getting there from, from, I was coming from corporate. I ain't know we had police. They called police. He said, security. Police came and they got guns. They came, got him, threw him in the office, closed the door. We went outside and did our, uh, little ceremony. Went back in there. Mr. Phil said to me, come in here. Come in here. Let's deal with this. We went in there. We talked to the young man. We were saying, hey man, what's going on with you? Why you, you know, why, why would you take that, that, that thing off your head? 
man, coach, man, you know. And all said and done, long story short, all said and done, he had got a bad haircut. He didn't want people to pick at him because of his haircut. See the thought, the power of a thought? So that thought made him be rebellious to all of us because he didn't want the kids to say something to him. See how he does? See, now he's about to get locked up, beat down, sprayed with pepper spray, all because of a random thought. So how do we change this thing? How do, here, 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 let me just get there the rest of the story. We got to rest up this super office. But, but listen, so, so, so long story short, uh, two or three weeks later, I get a knock on my door in my, office, in my, uh, my classroom. I open the door, this same young man. I'm thinking, what he want? They had moved the boy to my class. And I said, oh, no. Oh, y'all got to. And I was, I was close friends with the principal. I went right to his office. Hey, man, what's going on, huh? <laughs> What's going on? You got this big boy coming to my class, son? What's up? He was like, he, you know, he said, he said, if anybody can help me, I'm going to Oh, come on, dog. Come on, dog. So, so, so I get him in the class, and I, I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord, you got to help me with this boy. Brother, brother, you do. And so I had, I had to win him over. And I noticed he, he could cook. And I was a culinary teacher. He could cook. I said, okay. So I started using him in my example. Hey, man, come here. He was big and shy. And I said, hey, man, cook that. While I'm talking, he was cooking. Right? And so then we finished. I said, hey, man, take that food. You don't want it. You don't want it? No, man. <laughs> so, so then I started, listen, I started buying, I started buying snacks. And I would see him in the hallway. And I'd say, hey, Red, come here, man. What? I said, come here. You want something in there? Oh, well, for real? Yeah. All right. I'm like, oh. he's going to get a little bag of chips and take it with him. I said, get one for your girlfriend. Well, yeah. Okay, good. You take them. You didn't take long. I had a skirmish in my room. True story. I had a little skirmish in my room. Two, two gang members. About to fight. I grab one of them, and the other one start running. You know, you know, people get bold when somebody grabs, you know what I mean? So the other dude start running, right? I said, Reg, grab him. Big Reggie Richard, one hand, grab him, slam him down. Bam! He said, Mr. Pastor, say, sit down. And he sat down. Listen, from that day on, from that day on, that boy loved me. You know why he loved me? Because I taught him how to do what he thought. I taught him, hey, man, I got your back, bro. I'm going to correct you. Listen to me, I don't love you. You see how God is? God's the same way. God will tell you, sit down somewhere. Stop talking. Stop acting the way you act. I got. I love you. I love you. That crazy thought might come. But no, no, no. It doesn't change what I love. So all the times I had to correct him, he now he said, I tell him, Reggie, I need you to do that. Why did you do that, Reggie? But, okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got it. Before, I could never speak to him. But see how love changed it? I just showed the boy a little love. Little, little sweetly here, little sweetly there. Change it. Tell him how to do it. 